Lions fans. This is the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, now, two guys who sip a beer faster than Aaron Rodgers chugs one. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi ho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 418. This is... Lions football in just one week, and it's the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing, short-haired host, Chris, and with me is my damn good-looking good friend and co-host, Andy, also known as Sandman. How are you doing, brother? Good. I'm good. You know, I am uh, had a couple of technical difficulties at the beginning of this, but I'm feeling ready to go. <laughs> Let's do this. I normally love tech, and I don't know why, but it's just like, like nothing's changed. And it just doesn't want to work. So anyway, we're here. We got you going. We got a good show for you. We've got fantasy football. It's live now. So we've got some good stuff going on there. We're going to talk about the Cephas, Quintez Cephas injury. Saw it live. Saw it perfect. Um, know what, you know, saw a lot. We're going to share that with you. Let you know what happened. Um, I'm going to ask a question about Goff. And is he going to get a fair shake in Detroit? Also, we're going to talk about hard knocks. Uh, we got a lot going on. Um, Tracy Walker. We're gonna talk about him and a whole lot more. We got a great show lined up. Are you ready to go, Andy? Let's do it. All right, let's do this. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. All right. I think we got this. Here we go, Andy. I think you're fixed. First off, I want to say thank you to everybody out there who came to the training camp party and, and took part in that. It was awesome. It was awesome. Um, good time. Good time. Thank you, um, James H., for working the door, being the muscle. Andy, thank you for coming out. Dan Miller, Jerry Jacobs, Riz, Micro Mike, Justin Rogers, everybody. I mean, everybody that came out, thank you so much. We had a great time. It was a lot of fun. And that's the most booze I've had in a long time, Andy. <laughs> you know, I every year I'm just shocked at how good of people Lions fans are in general. You know, we go out to these things. It's a bunch of. It's just a great time at the end of the night. We all get around and just kind of have like a round table talk and get together. Man, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 really enjoyable. It's a great time. Um, so thank you, everyone, for doing it. I can't wait till next year. I always leading up to it. I get the butterflies, you know, because. I mean, and I'm not not trying to do anything here, but it's like everything kind of is riding on my shoulders, right? And I'm like, okay, is that ready? Got to have that. Is that good? Is that going to work? And then once we get into it, then it just goes. And afterwards, I'm like, oh, God. So it's like three hours before, I'm like, we shouldn't do this. I, I'm not going to do this next year. This is too much. And then, like, as soon as we're done, I'm like, I want to do it tomorrow, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> every year, the same thing. So there we go. All right. Also, we got to tell everybody that fantasy football is now live. You can join the ultimate fantasy football leagues. We have an intermediate and a champions league. Uh, we cut out the beginners league and the pick them. We're, we're focusing on the fine few things this year. You can join us by going to fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. Get in there. Fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. Sign up. And uh, there's prizes. Top four out of 12 in a league win prizes. The top third of players will all win something. So that's a pretty good deal. Good thing going on there. So fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. Let's get into it. So, Mr. Andrew, we are one week away from the first preseason game to, to football, right? It's it's not the best football, but it's still football. Um, yeah. I wanted to take a minute and kind of go through the changes since the last snap of Lions football that we watched last season, because a lot's happened. And, you know, we've talked about a lot with the team, you know, senior bowl, the draft, um, everything that's happened in the off season, free agency. I thought maybe we could recap some of the changes, you know, just, this is like an unplanned segment, right? Just off the top of our head <laughs> and how this team has shifted and changed over that period of time. You feel all right with that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, <sighs> You know, off the top of my head here, obviously the biggest change is offensively, 
I feel like we have weapons. We came into last year with arguably no weapons outside of DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson, you know, and there was rumblings that uh, only having those two weapons may or may not have led to an offensive coordinator's demise here. Uh, There's some other things, you know, similar to that, but Brad Holmes really has done a fantastic job of putting Jared Goff into a situation to succeed. Whether he's going to succeed, we'll see. But really, no more excuses offensively. I, you know, I would argue that last year I would have put us in the bottom three, bottom four offenses yeah. in the league. And we're arguably middle high pack now where, you know, I don't know if we're explosive enough yet or whatever that's yet to be seen. But honestly, if we showed up and started putting up 30 points a game, that also wouldn't shock me which is a crazy statement to make based on what last year looked like. Yeah. 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 I, 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 the thing I think about is in, in, we talked about it before last season in order to evaluate golf, we need to put the talent around him. And they absolutely did not do that. I mean, it was, it was, there was absolute dearth and we've talked about the, the numbers and I think I could look at them really quick here. I think I still have them. Um, golf, when he had Cephas or Reynolds last year, um, and and they and they played fifty percent or more of the snaps, that was nine games. He, he had over ten percent higher completion rate, over fifty more yards per game, uh, two touchdowns more per game, half the interceptions in a game. Uh, pass passer rating was thirty points higher. He almost doubled his air yards per attempt. Huge difference in Goff's output with. Cephas or Reynolds there. Now, if you'd stop and think about where Reynolds is on the list right now for wide receivers, especially when JMO gets back, this is there's a lot going for this offense because you know you got Reynolds is what number four. Yeah, arguably number four. Yeah, and, and he's I mean he, he's he's a good receiver. He don't no no questions about it. But all of a sudden, you're gonna know for sure how Goff looks. Looking at him in training camp, holy cow, Goff is a different player. Definitely he is picking up. It looked like, and it's still training camp, right? So we, we, these statements aren't under live fire exercises, but he looks to have picked up right where he left off last season. He looks comfortable. Yeah. He looks incredibly comfortable. You know, last year you could tell that, uh, you know, I, I guess the easiest way to phrase it would be that Jared Goff is the kind of guy that will run your offense and will run your offense well, but everything needs to be in place. And last year there was nothing in place. He wasn't comfortable. And this year you can really see it just the way that he's slinging the ball downfield more, you know, which was really the biggest issue. Most of us had with him last year was, you know, he was old check down Charlie. And <laughs> now, you know, we're seeing long balls. We're seeing intermediates, things that we didn't see last year and uh it's going to be very important for this offense to continue that through the preseason and you know onward yeah and i'm going to dive into that a little bit uh, a little later in the show about golf um what he's seeing how he's playing do a little comparison to stafford and and kind of put some perspective here for folks um this isn't the golf kool-aid show right that's not what we're after here but <laughs> we will definitely be taking a look at um some of the things that people I think are overlooking when they think about Jared Goff and, and, and Matthew Stafford. So we'll get into that. Um, some of the other changes, DJ Chark, right? I mean, we're talking about the offense here. He's a, he's a, he's a big one. He's a, he's a big change. Also JMO, when he gets out there, I mean, he was a, a broke the top off of a ton um, of defenses at the college level. I just, I have a sense that his speed is just going to be very much the same for us uh, on the lions in, in the land of the lions this year. So um, between Chark's speed and he looked great in camp too. I mean, the golf Chark com- uh, connection were, were tight out there. Looked really, really good. It really did. It really did. You know, one of the other things that I'm looking at this year is our run defense. I, I honestly feel like, and we're not going to know until full live fire or whatever, but just the way that Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell have kind of looked at everything and said, you know what, that killed us last year. We have to resolve that. I, I do feel like they're taking the necessary steps to get 
see ball, find ball linebackers. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Malcolm Rodriguez is one of those guys. Yeah. Um, you know, Barnes from last year is one of those guys, but uh, you know, he he is still growing. Um, you know, just depth along the D-line. You know, a lot of people will say that Aiden Hutchinson's a pass rush guy, but he's really not. He's one of the most complete defensive linemen to come out in a long time, in my opinion. And, and, and that's not he's, to diminish he's his gonna pass. help with the run a lot. That's not to diminish his ability in the pass rush, right? <laughs> no, no, he'll get there. He'll get there. I just think that his him being able to contain an edge, yeah, hold a running back in will make a humongous difference for this defense. And it's not going to be something that's going to show up on the stat sheet, but it's going to show up in wins and losses. Yeah. No, no, I I agree with that 100%. Um, and and looking at him out there again in in camp, but Hutchinson, who was it? Um, God, I can't remember off the top of my head. Said so Hutchinson isn't playing like a rookie. He is not. He looked really strong out there, and it wasn't like one move Charlie or one move Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> he 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 had he has a whole toolkit at his disposal, and um, he he blew up. He him and Sewell have been fun to watch. Um, he's blown up Sewell. Sewell's gotten, you know, beaten him. Great, great battles with them out there. And he's he's always just such a professional. And then after practice is over, he runs. He works the sled. He just goes and goes and goes and goes and spends his time on the field doing doing all the things you want from your star players, especially a guy that you, you draft, you know, number two overall. He's he's checking every single box that you want from him. I'm 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 loving me some some Aiden Hutchinson already, and um, folks know you know for the local guys if they're Michigan Michigan State, I automatically they always they have a higher mountain to climb because because they're so local and everybody sees all their games and the hype is so hard. I'm just like you know for me I'm like okay I'm gonna make it's gotta be it's a harder harder um, uh, bar to to get over because just because of the local hype for me that's yep. that's the kind of the filter I put in place and fair or not. That's the one I use because I've seen way too many um, Charles Rogers in my life. <laughs> oh, oh, I knew it was going to happen. I knew you were going to bring him up. Hurt my feelings today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. Some <laughs> some other changes. So we talked about Aiden Hutchinson. Malcolm Rodriguez, I think his linebacker, is one of those C-ball, get-ball guys like you talked about. Um, th- we've incrementally improved, I think, at the running back position on the offensive side of the ball. Um I haven't seen much out of Funchess as a tight end. I, I have hope he was the first, the, the second day of, of camp, he was doing a lot of running but not playing, so he might have had something that he tweaked or he was just trying to get up into playing shape there. Um, Kirby Joseph at safety looked good. Tracy Walker being back is, is super helpful. Um, Iffy. Moving to safety, what and 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 uh, Will Harris moving to cornerback. It's <laughs> I saw a meme in the subreddit, uh, Detroit Lions, where the safeties are corners and the corners are safeties, and it doesn't matter, something like that. The old uh, Drew Carey. Thing. I mean, honestly, <laughs> you know, I'm I, that's another thing I'm really excited about is that last year was kind of funky in that towards the end of the year we were so beat up and broke down that we were seeing people play out of position, but what we saw was people stepping up. Yeah you know, 25 getting reps at corner and looking good. Yeah. Looking good. And now there's rumblings that he may be the second cornerback. Yeah. He looked, he looked really good out there. I, and, and I get the idea where um, they're, they're, they're challenging Okuda, right? You're not the leader. If you're number three, you got to earn that number two spot and he's fighting with Will Harris, right? It's like, okay, I get it. I get it. Will Harris took that to heart, man. He is he is playing his ass off now. Okuda is too. Uh, Okuda's had a couple mistakes. I, that's to be you know shaken off the rust like that. Um, that's to be expected. I expect to see him smooth out. But Okuda is a hundred percent heart out there. I mean, you saw him and Cephas going at it at, at camp. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Okuda. Okuda's a special guy. That's why he was taken number three overall. You know, he's he's an incredible athlete. You know. Coming back from the injury he's coming back from and jumping as high as he is while holding the weights and running as fast, that's incredible. Yeah. Normal people can't do that. You know, normal NFL players can't do that. He's the kind of guy that can. We can. Andy. It's really, it's going to be all mental for him. It's going to be all getting back into the swing of things. 
and, you know, trusting that his body is in fact healthy enough to do what he needs it to do. Yeah. And I think Will Harris really has just stepped up. And like you said, he took those words to heart that this is an open competition. And honestly, you know, we hear a lot of coaches say that all the time, but there's something different about this staff that when they say that they mean it. Yeah. That's not a joke. You know, they'll play the undrafted guy over the first round pick. If he's playing better, Yeah, they don't care. They want to win. The players want to win. And there is, you know, something to that, that really does bring the best out of these guys when there's internal competition like that. And that you're not just gifted the spot because you were the number three overall pick. Yeah. Um, Ali McNeil on the inside, expect a big bump Ooh. from him this year. I actually get to speak with him after camp second day. I think, um, what a cool cat. I'm telling you, he, like, just heart of gold. Heart of gold, man. What a guy. Just really, really kind, gentle giant, great to the to kids. I mean, just talking to people and spending time and just a really, really cool dude. I didn't recognize or didn't know how awesome of a guy he was. So, I mean, he's got in, – in, in after that, he's definitely got someone extra rooting for him because, I mean, not that I wasn't before, but – God, I want that guy to succeed. He's awesome. He's a really, really awesome guy. Um, Oro Warrior, um, big feet. <laughs> <laughs> he's out there. He's the number one. He looks great, right? He's 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 looking great. Love, love what I see from him. Um, got a little bit of kicker competition. And, you know, since the days of Nate Freeze, that always makes me worry a little bit. Riley Patterson got to meet him out there. He was super kind, super got nice guy, but um, that was right after I tweeted that <laughs> it looks like somebody else is going to win that competition. <laughs> um, Riley just didn't seem to have um, the distance and he was out there working it. He was doing everything, you know, he could uh, to, to put the ball, but um, we'll see. We'll see. You know, nice guys don't always win, I guess. So no, no. And you know, to be honest, I think we were talking to a couple of people at the, um, you know, at the gathering uh, that made it sound not good, but uh, <laughs> the podcast party um, about how exciting this is about how I could have cared less about preseason basically the last four or five years, just couldn't have cared less there. You know, I knew we weren't going to glean anything from it. Uh, it nothing really was going to happen, but this year feels different. We have guys that are roster bubbles that will make other teams and will play for other teams. And it's going to be, you know, this is a very, very important preseason for a lot of these guys. And honestly, for how our team is going to be made up, you know, a couple of different choices. How many wide receivers are we going to keep? Are we going to keep any return specialists that that's all they do? Um you know, how, how many linebackers are we going to keep if we're only planning on playing two linebackers most of the time? How many safeties? But there's a whole you know, These are all too, very right? important things that uh, I think are really going to be determined based off of play. You know, how, how good do the safeties look? Can we afford to lose this guy? And tight end too, right? I mean, oh, tight end, tight end we've, we've sure. got almost the Chicago size stable of tight ends. And <laughs> um, other than, T, you know, Hawk, I haven't seen a whole lot of them stand out in the time that I, I was there. So I'm a little, little nervous about that position, to be honest with you. Um, less so about linebacker. I just, I, th I think we've got some, good, you know, Derek Barnes looked really good out there. Um, I saw some, some good stuff there. Um, yeah, Mike Hodges in the chat. Who knew the Okuda Harris challenge would be the motivator for Harris? Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> So I feel like we're good. I feel like we're, we're we're looking good. There's been some significant changes. I mean, if I think about it from a perspective, let's just remind you know folks of the draft. Of course, Aiden Hutchins, Jameson Williams, Josh Josh Paschal, he's going to be back uh, ahead of schedule. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Kirby Joseph was looking good out there. He I didn't see any major mistakes out of Kirby uh, while we were watching uh, practice. So that was you know I was good with that. Malcolm Rodriguez, James Mitchell. No, I haven't seen much from him. I, I and to be frank, I, I haven't looked hard, so um, we'll have to see <laughs> to see what we have out of there. Um, Chase Lucas, James Houston, um, one guy um, I heard might have been dinged up again. I haven't heard further on that was uh, Anzarike, which really really bums me out because that's a guy I was really really hoping um, 
I was really hoping he would really turn out, turn, you know. He, yeah, we really do need him to step up. He needs to, you know, find his footing. And by all accounts, you know, he's, his body's been transformed over the offseason. He looks much better. Hopefully it's nothing too too crazy and we can get him out there. Yep, yep. And on in the chat, the Harris thing is a reminder not to prejudge guys based on media reports. So stay frosty on Trinity Benson. Um yeah, um, for, for sure. And Benson looked good out there, too. I mean, he he didn't b- knock my socks off, but he, he looked good, right? I mean, so, I mean, he's there, there, I can see him on the team. It's just it's going to be a competition. It's going to be hard. There's a spot that he's playing for that's going to be open, I think, you know, open for competition. So we'll see if he gets that. Yeah, um, and honestly, you know, like we were just saying, it's Trinity Benson is one of those guys that, I think last year easily has a spot on this team and this year, maybe not an easy spot, but the coaches are going to let him play. Show us what you got. Yeah. And, and it's a different, different, you know, decision process for the coaches this year because there's so much more talent. Oh, so much more talent, a crazy turnaround talent wise Mm -hmm. within one year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it really is. So, we shall see how that goes and and what comes of that. It's um, definitely definitely really interesting as to where the uh, things are are going with this team and and the changes we've seen. Uh, free agency. DJ Chark, I think, was obviously a huge ad for a great price. That's one that I really 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 love. Yeah, on a prove it deal, really. I mean, show us that you can do it. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's showing the league too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk about a little bit about the the backup quarterback situation watching David Blau. Someone was there Thursday, uh, two days ago and said that Blau looked good. Um, I don't know the person. So, and so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to question their, you know, their, their judgment or evaluation. Right. But um, everything I saw in, in, in camp Blau was um, just, just not, didn't have the arm strength. I mean, I, I, I giggled every time he got behind the line, every time he took the ball, and the line stood up the block. I mean, he I don't know how he, he's not as tall as their shoulder pads. I'm not sure how he's seeing over those guys. Um, just and, and nothing, nothing against Blau, right? I just don't know that he's he's got the strength or the build to really do it. On the other side, though, conversely, um, Tim Boyle out there, he looked a lot better this year than he did last year, to the point where he was throwing some really nice long balls. I mean, really nice. I hate, I mean, TB12 here. This guy, here's the problem, right, with with Tim. And this is, it's the prove it thing. Um, Tim Boyle always looked good in camp and then couldn't pull it out when he got put into a game or, or, or so on. So I'm not sure what to think of him. Great guy, really great guy. He was out every day after camp signing until they dragged him off the field. He would sign stuff for everybody. He would talk. As a matter of fact, we talked to him. He's going to be on the podcast uh, this season in a couple weeks. So um, really, really nice guy, really friendly, soaking up the moment, enjoying the moment, and uh, doing his thing, and looking better than he did last year. I mean, he's he's looked improved. Is that – what does that mean? Well, hopefully we never have to see him, to be honest, right? But, yeah. But if you need that guy to hold the game together in the fourth quarter, can he be it? Boy, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, you know, Tim Boyle is interesting to me because he's he's floated around the league in a weird way, right? He's like all hype. And I feel like, you know, NFL coaches and scouts kind of look at Tim Boyle and they see all of the stuff that you need to be a successful quarterback in the NFL, a successful backup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He just has never really assembled it. And honestly, you know, we've been talking about how much of a teaching staff this is and how good of a job Ben Johnson and everybody really has been doing as far as teaching. It wouldn't shock me to see him maybe click something, something just happens and it starts to make a little bit of sense. Yep. And, and here it, it, to that point, exactly. And on Boyle has it physically, but doesn't have it mentally at game speed blows better mentally than physically. If we could merge two, might have a great backup. This is where, you know, the physical piece you can't put, you can't bolt that onto Blau. But if you can teach Boyle, you could have something there, right? You could have an effective backup. And I think that's what they're kind of kind of betting on. 
Um, you want to talk about the Ben Johnson press conference since we're talking a little bit about a big bad Ben? Let's do it. All right. So Ben had a press conference, Sam, man. <laughs> he did. It was a great press conference. Yeah. You can tell this, like he's going to be an NFL head coach. I don't think he's long for lions. If, if, if he can, you know, pull off being an offensive coordinator the way that so far it looks like he might be able to, you know, he, he talked just openly and was very honest about what he thought the team was and where they were going. Uh, you know, one of the interesting things that he said to me that really resonated was that he wasn't overloading the guys mm-hmm. that, you know, when they were talking about, well, how many packages do you have? Because when you're going up against Aaron Glenn's defense, like how much maneuvering are you doing? You know, and he kind of said, we need to get comfortable with where we are. We need to get our guys going fast. I'd rather have half the playbook where my guys go fast. Right. Instead of having a full playbook where my guys move slow, which is literally what happened to Matt Patricia. He installed so much crap that nobody was ever 100% confident that they were doing the proper thing. And it led to chaos. And just having a coach saying, it's not about me. It's not about look at how many awesome play designs I have. It's about being effective. And you can't be effective without your players being effective. And taking that to heart, ooh, chills. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, Steve Shattuck, thank you so much for the super chat, brother. That was really, really kind to you. Um, it's awesome. Awesome. Thank you for, for using that super chat. We appreciate you supporting the show. Um, yeah, no, Ben Johnson and we talked about it. I mean, if, if you guys, you know, <laughs> we had it on the inside, um, England being gone two weeks before anybody even noticed it when in the first time anyone noticed it was in Pittsburgh when, uh, Campbell was down checking the headsets out <laughs> of the game. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, it was like, oh, my gosh, where's where's Aileen? <laughs> he wasn't there. And then uh, Ben Johnson uh, taking over. And we we told you it was like the first week in December. He's the guy. He's the guy. He's the one that's getting his on live fire interview right now. And then we told you by the end of December he was going to be the guy. And then they named it. What was it? February. Yep. Um, it was February. They named Ben Johnson as the uh, OC. Um, he's the guy. He They love him. He is so smart. So sharp, uh, just a real young stud who the thing I hope, the thing I hope is that a guy like him sticks around to win it. You know, and I'm, I'm going to bring up a name that's going to touch you in your fandom and I'm sorry, but um, Matt Patricia stick stuck around with the Patriots to get that one last big win. You know what I mean? Yep. And when you have a team that's on the upswing like that, that's really pulling the wins and has a chance. I think you have more of a chance to hold on to those young studs, especially at a place like Detroit, where if you could get that big win, you write your own check, you write your own ticket, right? As to where you want to, where you, where you want to go. It, 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 an extra season to, to hold on is that role and really solidify yourself as the stud, the name could mean a hell of a lot, you know, could mean some extra zeros at the end of that paycheck when you, uh, when you move to that coaching position. So, Interesting thought. I mean, as, as if you win, I think if you win exceptionally and you really, really have a chance, you probably have a better chance of holding on to coaches than you do if you're just a mediocre team with real promising coaches. Does that make sense? I think so. <laughs> I think so. No, and yeah, I, you know, this is probably the first time in a long time where I'm nervous about our assistant coaches. Where I, you know, I'm nervous that they're going to leave because they have been doing a pretty good job for us with what they've been given. So we're going to see now that, you know, the team is built a little bit better where we actually go with this, but we've never been in this position before we had 2015. Everybody was like, Oh, the lions, you know, DC is going to go somewhere. Look, he took him to number one. You know, that never went anywhere. Right. When was the last time we had any coaches go anywhere and have any success? I think, you know, Brad Holmes and especially uh, Dan Campbell are just finding these up and comers that really just need a shot. He's giving it to him. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Giving it to him in spades. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Um, Joey, two times. Something tells me Campbell will make some calls himself as well. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think Ben Johnson's going to be doing the play calling 
and it's going to be a little bit of a collaborative situation. Um, they very much collaborated on the headset last year and uh, to get those those calls in and to, to pull out what they were doing. And that was part of that interview that uh, Ben Johnson got. I think the work that they're doing right now in training camp and, and as, as Andy was talking about, instilling the uh, – the playbook, installing the playbook the way they are and the plays the way they are in a way that everyone's comfortable, it can be fast. I think that's the um, the thing that's going to help Ben be that play caller. So um, we'll be there. We'll be there. And uh, that's that's my prediction. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Losing coaches, WMW2. Uh, also with winning and doing well, they can pick and choose where to go a little more. Uh, losing coaches is a new frontier for us. That is for sure. That is for sure. Brand new frontier. Uh, other than like DeLonga, that was we've we've lost coaches that way. <laughs> <laughs> but we will leave that on its on its own. All right, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Quintez Cephas. We saw the injury. I saw it live. Um, was watching the play. It was a heck of a play. I mean, if we take the injury out of it, if we pretend if if, if it didn't happen, it was spectacular. It was one of those plays where Okuda was covering Cephas. It was Okuda was on him like stink on shite right i mean he was just jacketing cephas and they went up for the ball cephas came down with it it was i don't know who could have defended it it's not a knock on okuda at all because okuda played that probably about as well as you could cephas just made an amazing catch they both went to the ground after the catch um and cephas stayed down now two things about it cephas stayed down he held onto the ball he was in a lot of pain too by the way, he didn't get up until they started walking him off the field, right? Um, so it, he was in a lot of pain. He came down with the ball, held on to the ball. That instinct is good, right? And I think it's important, even in training camp, to see somebody come down and hold on, even through an injury like that. That that instinct to hold the ball is so so important, right? And and just seeing that was was you know, okay. There's a positive, but um, it looked like a knee, and it looked really really bad. It was across the field from us, um, but he, you know the fact that he couldn't get up, the pain, instant, instant pain, and and he it was like locked. His, his he kept his leg up in a in like the bent at the knee um, position, and it, he just held it up. It, it was almost like a weird cramp or or something. I would I would guess since it was I I thought it was a knee, but they're saying it's a non knee leg issue. I'm gonna guess it's something around his shin. Um, you know, or, or lower, you know, calf, maybe a, a, a super cramp. I don't know. Whatever it was, um, I, I, th- I think it, uh, he'll be back, judging by if it's not a knee, um, nothing's broken. He should be back relatively soon. I don't know that he's going to be out, but um, Pop just gives a chance, you know, gives a chance to get somebody else on there and give him a chance to get fully. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, fun story. The most successful Lions assistant coaches are from the 0-16 team. <laughs> <laughs> ouchie, ouchie. That's because they have good pad level. Yes, yes. All right, I want to get into the uh, ESPN ranks the Lions O-line. And this is one, hold on to your hats, kids. Um, <laughs> ESPN ranks the Detroit Lions top five O-line 26th. <laughs> what the F are they thinking? What are they smoking, Andy? You know, I don't know. It's it's one of those times where I think ESPN is getting cute. You know, do we? I don't even know who wrote that article. Is it in anybody? Was uh, that is this an intern? Well, look, that just wasn't thinking about it. Seth Walder from ESPN Analytics, which now for this article, and I'm going to give everybody here a little bit of an insider scoop. I'm going to save you a couple bucks. And doing that, maybe you could throw something in the super chat for us or join us on Patreon. That'd be a good idea. You want to go, if you're using Firefox or Google or Edge, you know, Google Chrome, you want to go and get the add-on for your browser called the Bypass Paywalls Clean. It's also on GitHub. Bypass Paywalls Clean. You can, whether it's the Wall Street Journal, the Athletic, the Detroit News, ESPN, you can just walk right in and read those paid articles for free. Bypass paywalls clean. What an excellent add-on. You'll definitely want to check that out. Um, not for this article, though, because this is trash. <laughs> but you yeah, know, don't read this one. You, well, just don't pay him for it, <laughs> right? I mean, that's that's it. Um, yeah, to put the Lions' 26th offensive line is, is redonkulous because they are absolutely a top five 
offensive line. If they all play, if all five guys get to play this season, they are a top five offensive line in this league. Yeah, you know, it, I think everyone sees that. You know, it's a very, very talented group. Um, you know, we had a pro bowl at guard last year. We have a, a, a second year guy that by all accounts is going to crush it. Taylor Decker's no slouch. We have a, you know, Frank Rag now is all American. <laughs> you know, I, I, <laughs> I honestly, you know, I don't know how he got to this, it like wins above replacement or, you know, whatever, but you know, it, it's just not a good look for him in my, yeah. in my opinion, you know, I yeah. just, you know, even last year when they were all banged up, the offensive line played very well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Very, very well. I just, they played better than 26th and they were with a backup in at least every snap. You know what I mean? That's it just, how do you get 26? How do you even think? I don't know. They're, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get some hate subscriptions, I guess. I don't know, but you know, yeah, he like, I think he ranked the bears 11th. They don't even know who their starting offensive line is. They don't even have that figured out. Um, although I got I got to give credit to uh, user, it won't be long on the subreddit. Top comment for the for that story. Um, that's okay. I rank ESPN pretty low, so I don't put a lot of stock into their evaluations. Yeah, uh, some of the stuff is is just funny. Where the state the state of journalism these days, Andy? The state of journalism. <laughs> <sighs> saturated shaking my fist at this guy <laughs> <laughs> old man yells at cloud <laughs> yeah all right i want to get into a topic and this is this is one I, people are going to misconstrue this okay and i don't want you to i'm not being a golf apologist right i'm not sure? being a stafford hater what i'm trying <laughs> to do is put some context together about what we're seeing and earlier you know we, we, it was in the chat, right? Um, what you hear in the media, maybe don't put too much weight into that and let's see what's, uh, you know, what, what's really happening before we get to it. So I want to, I want to just kind of couch it like that before I start talking about it, but Goff's improvement and staff's interceptions. Okay. And I think people are seeing Stafford through a little bit of rose colored glasses. Not that, and I'm not saying he's bad, please don't, don't go there. Okay. Um, but I think you're romanticizing him because he had some really amazing traits, some real eye-opening uh, abilities that were just the the wow factor, right? Um, the shock and awe of a quarterback, and uh, you know those the Stafford windows, right? And the, the the whistle on that ball when he would throw that ball, it was just <laughs> crazy. Andy, I mean, seeing him, I mean, him next to. Um, God, the, the the quarterbacks coach in Dallas now, or the offensive. Oh, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, right? I mean, Stafford would throw the ball, get it thrown back to him, and throw it again before Kellen's pass would land in the hands of the guy catching it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it, he just just incredible arm strength and ability to thread needles. Right? Yeah. But one of the things that I think is really important to look at is. Stafford had the most interceptions amongst quarterbacks last year. Okay. And you hear a lot about, oh, well, golf just looks down or he's not, he's not, he's afraid to take that, that shot that Stafford would put in there. But Stafford had the most interceptions of all quarterbacks last year. We hired a head coach specifically to fix Stafford in Caldwell. I mean, that's a pretty big pickup to, Grab a coach to fix your quarterback. If and, and he did, he helped him. But he's still throwing those those tight windows passes, which results in interceptions. Yep. If Caldwell had fixed him, maybe he wouldn't be making those throws because they're not the, the, those interception throws, and he would look off a guy sort of like Goff is. I'm not saying Goff is Matthew Stafford arm, right? Don't don't take this the wrong way again, but. There's probably a little bit of one and a little bit of the other going on. And people are just so used to 10 years of Stafford for a lot of younger, younger uh, fans. That's the only quarterback they've really seen on the team. They don't remember the Joey Harrington days or some of those things going on really, uh, or weren't able to evaluate at that time, you know, what a quarterback looks like (laughs) or doesn't look like. Um, And it goes back to that question I asked, right? Um, 
if Goff wins a playoff game, is he going to get credit for it, or is it going to be the team? And I'll, I'm going to I'm going to flip that question a little bit. If Stafford would have won a playoff game, would it have been him or would it have been the team? Because he had teams and not had teams in his years and never won a playoff game, right? But I, I, my sense is Stafford would have gotten credit to be the quarterback that won this game, won that playoff game, right? I, I like this question and I like it because it's not an easy answer. I, the way I would look at this is that Stafford would get credit and Goff wouldn't, but because they're different quarterbacks, not because of who they are per se, but more that when you win with Stafford, it's because Stafford was there. When you win with Goff, it's because Goff operated your offense the way it was meant to be operated. He Stafford. I don't know if I would even say that Stafford elevated guys around him that much. He did like he, you know, you could argue Calvin Johnson's career wouldn't be what it was without Stafford's bomb arm or anything like that. Chris Durham, I think is the best example of that, right? He, he wouldn't, he didn't play in the NFL otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Stafford would find guys and make them open, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, Goff's he just gets guys to where they need to be it's in the scheme. So if you know, the wide receiver is supposed to go out 10 yards and curl, the ball's going to be there when it's supposed to be there as long as the wide receiver does what he's supposed to do, which, you know, doesn't make Goff look that great. But at the end of the game, and we talked about this, you like watch Goff during a game and you're like, God, this guy, like, you know, what is he doing? And then you look down and he's through 330 yards and three touchdowns. And it's, you know, his stat line looks incredible, but nothing was exciting about it. Uh, you know, whereas Stafford maybe wouldn't have the greatest stat line. Maybe he'd have one touchdown, two interceptions, but he would have a couple of 40 yarders that were four feet off the ground the entire time. And, you know, I think you just have to look at it through that lens that, that Stafford wins you games. Goff doesn't lose you games. And that's, you know, whether that's fair or not, that's kind of how it feels. Stafford throws interceptions and Goff looks off those throws. Both quarterbacks have pluses and minuses, right? And they're just different style quarterbacks. No team can win without a quarterback. I think everybody agrees, right? You need a quarterback to win. And we've seen the team get to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. I, I, We haven't seen a playoff win with Matthew Stafford. Again, I'm not crapping on Stafford, right? But if it's, you know, the team that's carrying Goff, why didn't the team carry Stafford if Stafford's that great? Stafford won once he got a team. Yep. And that's. Once Stafford didn't was, have was to it, be the reason Was it the team that carried Matthew Stafford? No, right? I mean, no is the answer. But you could, you could, doing the math on it, if it's strictly a math problem, you could say until he got the team, he couldn't even win a playoff game. Yeah, he couldn't even get to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, right? It's such a weird thing. So I think the the end game here and the end result, and this is where I'm not, you know, I'm not reliving the Stafford years, right? What I'm trying to do is look forward to Goff. And I saw Goff at the end of last season. I saw him in the preseason and how good he looked and what he brought to the game and what he's bringing out there to camp right now. And his head, his head, I've seen a couple, you know, uh, podcast videos with him. His head's in a right spot. I think my guy's got it straight. But he's not set up for success in the minds of the fans or the media. And I think that's too bad because I think if he wins, he's not going to get credit for being a good quarterback or the quarterback that did it. And again, that's too bad. I think, I think let's just, I'm going to go crazy here. I'm going to just put a silly scenario out there. The lions win the super bowl this year, right? Let's all laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Lions win the super bowl this year. And 10 years from now, 15 years from now, people will look back and say, yeah, Jared Goff, Jared Goff. He was, he was the quarterback. I don't think today Jared Goff will get that kind of love. I think he'll, everyone will say, oh, well, it was the people that carried him. You see, he couldn't do it the year before, but we got him DJ Chark and we got him JMO. We got him all those guys. And now, now he can do it. See, it's the team. It's the team. But it's always the team, right? That, I mean, hence, I, yeah. Hence and honestly, success. If, if the Lions won the Super Bowl this year, I think the real talk would be Brad Holmes. 
I don't think anybody would talk about golf for more than a couple minutes unless he played his ass off in the playoffs. You know, he'd really have to go. He'd have to have like Joe Flacco level of playoffs. I mean, look at Joe, like Joe Flacco is a perfect comparison. Yeah. Has, hasn't really done anything, you know, had that one incredible playoff run. Oh, I and, would disagree. But, but you talk about the Ravens winning the Super Bowl. You don't talk about him. You know, not yeah. really. I mean, you bring up, he had a crazy run, but tell about shotgun nobody, Ray, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Cause I think Flacco had one year, but I think golf's had more than one year. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you look back, you can look at that Kansas city game. I think we talk about that every once in a while, the Rams first Kansas city game, one of the craziest games of all time. Yeah. And golf had that team on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. He did. Mm-hmm. He went crazy. But how many times has he done that? Twice? Three times? You know, it felt like we, what year was that? 2016, Stafford did it like nine times. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just in that one year. <laughs> Drug everybody behind him as he crossed the goal line. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, how about the, um, the goal line shove with, uh, against the, the Cowboys, the fake spike. Oh, God. It still gets me wood. Oh, that was good. Um, Trying hard not to imagine Stafford's bad elbow as, a, as an amazing last gift. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can feel my insides just getting all jingly and happy with that one. That's such an awesome, awesome thought. Um, if you haven't watched the Pivot, I did see the Pivot interview, and he says very clearly he's not doing it for accolades. It's internal. It's all about you know his maturity, and I think that's big. I think that's really, really big, the maturity that shows. Uh, Jeff, Jeffrey and Tina. How you doing? Thank you so much for coming out, Jeff. And thank you for that stogie. I've got, I'm going to break it out uh, probably next weekend because I'm traveling tomorrow. I was going to do it this weekend, but I didn't have time. Um, can't wait for that. Don, thank you, sir. Check out Golf and the Pivot podcast for sure. It's a good one. It's uh, very, very good. It's a good interview. And he's he, just the maturity that he shows and the comfort that he shows. I know he's a, he's a, a very kind of a private guy. So pulling him out doesn't happen. But Jared Goff turned around Cal. He turned around the Rams, and I would love to see him travel, turn around this team, right? And we'll go to Kevin here. Last uh, comment on this. Uh, if Trent Dilfer can win a Super Bowl, it's definitely possible for Goff to win one, even if he's not throwing 5,000 plus 35 plus. So there you go. I just I, I think you can't win without a quarterback, and a quarterback can't win without a team. I think those yep. are the, that's, that's the, the true equation. Stafford couldn't do it until he got a team. Goff is here. If he gets a team and he wins it, he's your quarterback, and he's the quarterback that took his part of that equation to where it needs to be. His 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 contract isn't crazy expensive in the scheme of quarterback contracts today. He's only twenty seven. There's there's a lot of upside here for this team, and I'm I'm interested to see how it goes. So, I, like I said, I don't know that he's he's set up for success in people's minds, and I, th- I feel like he deserves it if he gets it. So, um, okay. Let's see. Hard Knocks is coming around. I just one thing about Hard Knocks that really impressed me, uh, Andy. You didn't really see him. <laughs> no, had, they honestly they were kind of like ghosts. Yeah, had they not had the special shirts, and had I not been to uh, training camp previously, I wouldn't even have noticed them. Really? You know, and I, I I was talking to other people about this, and I don't know if this is true everywhere. Like, if you had went to uh, you know, any of the other teams that have recently been on hard knocks uh, if, you know, they wouldn't stick out more because the lions, honestly, their media team is insane. Yeah. They do such a good job so good. and so they, good. the lions aren't afraid to pay media dudes. So they already have tons of camera guys out there. They have tons of videographers out there already by themselves. So adding seven or eight more people to that mix isn't as jarring to us as you know, you might, I think it would be, but you're right outside of the shirts. And, uh, you know, they were hot swapping cameras. It was funny. There was a couple of times where they looked like a NASCAR pit crew changing yeah. out batteries and lenses on cameras. It was crazy. There was like six people around one camera, just I watched making the, it happen. But the, the, the one guy was and he, so you got the cameraman and he's got the, uh, the cable coming off the camera to the guy running the boom mic. He's got the headset and the recorder. And uh, I watch, you know, they're bouncing one spot and they're running over the other one trying to catch stuff. And like they were the mobile crew over and else kind of had assignments, it seemed like. 
and the the one the cameraman decided he was going to switch directions to a 180 head the other way and he caught the the mic cable <laughs> and they both almost went down it was like <laughs> they didn't lose stride though they they, they like like <laughs> they collected themselves and moved without like stopping moving it was it was incredible those guys and gals doing hard knocks are really really professionals man it's something to see Oh God. Okay. So hard knocks is coming. We're just a few days away. I am stoked. I'm, I'm going to have to see it late. I'm not going to be able to watch it live when it goes up because I've got, I'm traveling for work and I've got a dinner with a VP. And so, <laughs> Any other, anyone else? I, 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 I don't feel good. Right. But <laughs> you know, if it makes you feel any better, I'm going to a special screening on Tuesday and I'm watching it at seven o'clock. So I'm going to get through the episode before it airs. I'll, I'll give you a text to let you know if it's good or bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. yeah. Dude, don't, don't give me any giveaways though. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to six sense you, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> that. Stoked for that. Really stoked. I mean, the inside look on the, on the team is, is something I've been, I've been wanting for a long time. And again, to go back to what you said about the, the, the media team on the lions, they are really a special group and deserve, I mean, people say, oh, yeah, they do a great job. They deserve, like, I don't know if it's like a, an Emmy, like, what is it, a Michigan Emmy or the Sports Emmy, whatever the heck it is, Michigan Broadcasters, whatever the F it is, they deserve some serious accolades and awards for the work they do because they, I, I would love to work on that team. I, I oh, would love yeah. to. I, I know I'm not good enough, right? I mean, maybe I'm, I don't know, but I, I would love to work on that team. They just do some great great stuff and the amount can you imagine the amount you could learn <sighs> man you know and i have friends that work in and around the nfl and um they constantly tell in media and they tell me that you know other teams are striving to pull off what the lions are have been doing for a couple of years you know the really it starts at ownership which i feel like a lot of people don't fully grasp you know, you would think that, oh, they just have a media person and that is in charge of all of that. No, this comes from the top that Sheila and Rod and all those people up there want to give the fans more inside looks. And there are teams out there that don't want that at all. Like the Chicago Bears are one of those teams. They don't want anything getting out and about. Yeah. You know, they, they want people to watch their stuff on Sunday and that's it. That's all they really care about. And it causes their media teams to kind of suck. And it's no fault of the media team, but the Lions right. just enable this, you know, media team to strive and succeed. This and they, is, they really do. This Great. is where, like, they get it. They really get the modern era of media that that Hollywood doesn't get. And it took the music companies forever to get. Give people what they want. People want that inside look of the draft. You don't have to give it to them before the draft. If people know it's coming afterward, they're happy. Right, they're happy to see the inside looks that we got of the draft room of this team, like we never got before. Right, and interacting with the coaches and what they're hoping as the as the the board breaks in front of them, that's just gold, man. That is gold, and they never did that before. Brad Holmes showed up. They never gave that kind of insight, but Holmes knows, and like talking to the scouts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Holmes, I think, helped Sheila. And the rest of them realize the, the the potential of their dream of showing that and giving that to the people. And I think that's why they're going to be so good with hard knocks because they're not so worried about hiding stuff. They know how to hide the stuff. They've been doing the hiding the, the, the things from their media team, if you will, or editing it out of their media work for so long that that's not the focus of what they're doing. What they're doing now is putting together great a great story and a great team and, and, and getting that, that, that good program together. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. And I think, um, what is it? Don, Don Burr, Detroit is going to shatter hard knocks ratings. Even the haters, so-called fans, division rivals, etc., will tune in. I think there's going to be some hate watching going on. People are just looking for something to laugh at the lions about because, Oh, Detroit lions they haven't been to the super bowl. Oh, 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 you know, that whole thing. But and and Dan Campbell biting kneecaps, <laughs> you know they 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 lack the the local kind of context around it. I think just seeing my wife find a soft spot for the crappy Cowboys last year in Hard Knocks just Ugh. lets me know that the uh, 
the Lions are just going to be darlings after Hard Knocks. They're going to be absolute darlings. And, I, you know, that's the other part. I bet they sell all kinds of merch. I bet they sell a ton. Oh, I'm already planning on spending all my Lions bucks. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was telling you last year, uh, right before they expire in, you know, April or something. And so if you're a season ticket holder, you get a bunch of free money if you pay ahead of time. So they give you like, you can use it on food at the stadium or whatever. And I literally had nothing to spend it on. I went in two days before they <laughs> expired and just got some water bottles, a weird chair, you know, not this year, baby. I'm spending it day one walking in. It's all gone. <laughs> oh man. All right. Last piece. Tracy Walker turned down a bigger contract to stay in Detroit. It kind of goes a little bit to the coaches that we were talking about earlier. Um, guys who are seeing uh, that win, that a potential to get the big win, especially in a place like Detroit, who hasn't had it, to be the, the offensive coordinator that pushes Detroit to a Super Bowl win or to a Super Bowl or three you know playoff victories. That's a huge, huge feather in your cap to be the one that's never done it for anybody. Tracy Walker could have gotten paid, could have gotten a bigger bag somewhere else. He stayed in Detroit. He stayed in Detroit and took a smaller bag to be with this group of people. And I don't know. It, I mean, he would have been a starter anywhere. It's not because he had a guaranteed starting position, right? I mean, who you're telling me you wouldn't take more money and then less risk of injury <laughs> all day, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> I mean, my guy, he stayed. And that says something. That says a lot to take less money to stay in the NFL with the team it, you're in. It does. It speaks volumes about this coaching staff and what they've been translating to the players, right? So, you know, if you're Tracy Walker, you come off of arguably one of the worst stretches as a player you can imagine, being on Matt Patricia's team, you know, in that hellhole. Uh, locker room where nothing's right. People are getting traded because they speak out because they, you know, are vocal to going to a place where they're honest with you. We think you can be better than you are. We have the tools to help you be better. And for somebody to decide, you know what, I'm going to take less money because I can succeed here and I know I'm going to succeed and I know I'm going to be put into a position where I can succeed man, when was the last time you could say that about the Detroit Lions? Never? Never. Never. Like, why would anybody come here for less money? They wouldn't. No. No, we always had to overpay for people. You know, we're overpaying Kyle Vandenbosch's. We're overpaying, you know, Flowers. We're overpaying everybody just because we have to get them here in order to sell jerseys and to hopefully get a little bit better. Stuff like this is, you know, it's important. And other players are hearing that. They know. They know. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Last piece, I want to give a shout out to Damian Barrett. He had a uh, piece um, commissioned by Josh Abraham. And it's in the sidebar of the subreddit. If you haven't seen it, DetroitLions.reddit.com. Um, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. Um <laughs> It's in the sidebar, Campbell and Holmes, and it's a, a pull on the Calvin and Hobbes crossing the, the the log over the river. Just sucked me in. <laughs> I'm a big Calvin and Hobbes guy, but <laughs> that picture is spectacular. Go check it out. That's really, really, really something great. All right, folks, we're going to call it a show. Um, we're doing it Saturday this week because Riz is out this week. I'm out next week, so we're going to do it Saturday again. And then we're going to roll back into our Wednesdays. Um, we're waiting for confirmation for T.O. that we're going to do our pregame show on shows on Fridays. We'll have information for that on you from you on that. Andy, do we want to talk a little bit about postgame shows at all? Let's hold off a little bit. Okay. okay. Let's make it a thing. Okay. I want it to be. I want it to be a big deal. Okay. Let's do it. It's always a big deal. When Andy's involved. <laughs> All right. With that, we're going to call the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, don't forget, uh, also, fantasy football, fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. Do that. Also, hit the like. Hit the subscribe. We're, we're 100 shy of the of the likes. Do those things for you. We'd uh, we'd appreciate, uh, for us, we'd appreciate it. Let other people see the, the product we're putting out there and help us uh, 
increase the the views on this stuff so people can uh, see what we do and take part of it. Um, big announcement with it, as Andy and I alluded to about post game shows. Can't wait to share that with you. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get access to the insider Slack chat with Risden, Andy, myself, Case, everybody. We're all in there, and it's a great, great, great time. A uh, lot of fun, a lot of fun. Check it out. Um, five bucks a month gets you access to the Slack and uh, helps us do the things we do, and including the things we're going to announce. Also, follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast, the only place to rock your Twitter pants free. You can also check out at Sandman7773 for some sweet sweet takes all the time Give us all call. the time all the time give us a call at skype detroit lions podcast all one word or call us in the lions line at 929-33-lions it's 929-335-4667 be sure to go to detroitlionspodcast.com subscribe to the podcast so we can what do we do andy i'm just gonna kind of slowly throw it over to you what do we do when you subscribe to the podcast we come into your ears automatically all right Last time I did that, it was a thing. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. No problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate it. Later. I'll be right back. I have to go to the bathroom so bad. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.